0: Good morning, everyone. You're listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. My name is Kate Copsey and I am the host of the show. You can contact me from my webpage, com, or through America's web radio station site. This morning, we are going to be talking to Dan Nagensgast from Franchi Seed um, in Italy. Uh, good morning, Dan.
1: Hi, how are you Kate?
0: I'm doing very well um, and Franchi Seed is an old Italian company and is now available through your company Grow Italian. So maybe you can start by giving us just a brief history of the company itself and how you found yourself to be working with them.
1: Well, Franchi is a very, very old seed company, a family owned uh, seed company. Jean Piero Franchi is the the CEO. He's the seventh generation to take over the company. It was started in 1783 in uh, Milan uh, by the the first uh, Mr. Franchi was uh, selling uh, garden seed through a pushcart. Down through all those years, it's passed uninterruptedly, and it um, sells uh, primarily Italian-grown vegetables and cut flower and herb seeds as well as uh, oh, they have a bulb line that sells more extensively in Europe and uh, other other seeds also um, Mr. Franke uh, a conversation with him John uh, Piero he uh, was going to be an engineer and was tra- <laughs> trained to be an engineer and time came for the business to pass and they looked at his sisters and him and they pointed at him and he uh, left the engineering and became a Became the owner, or the manager anyway, and I think he's done a really good job of uh, updating the, com- the company, bringing it into the, the 21st century. They have a really brand-new facility um, in Bergamo, in the lower city. Bergamo is a town oh, 40 minutes northeast of Milan, kind of a industrial area along the Milan-Brescia Road. But Bergamo itself is a beautiful city, and has a, a alto a, a high high part of town, and you can you can look up into the Alps from there. So uh, the the company um, sells throughout the European Union. Uh, I'm the representative here in the U.S. Um, they they have a representative in Australia, and one in New Zealand, one that serves the Asian Rim, oh, wow. uh, and then so they're they're you know pretty extensive. But it still would be considered a a small seed company.
0: And so how did uh, you get, I guess, to be the the rep in the U.S.?
1: Well, um, my wife and I um, have been vegetable farmers for many years, but she also publishes a magazine called Growing for Market, which is for small-scale vegetable herb cut flower growers who primarily sell at farmer's markets or to restaurants or through CSAs. And uh, the person who actually started importing the seed uh, into the U.S. was a, a man named Bill McKay. And Bill is uh, in his early 70s, and he started this as a retirement job and ran it for 10 years, and then he needed, <laughs> or got big enough that he needed to retire from his retirement job. Um, so he tried to sell the company in, uh, a couple of times and never could find the right person. And the uh, one place that he advertised, uh, all his all his – advertising was basically word of mouth but he did advertise in my wife's magazine for small farmers because um he liked to sell you know larger quantities of seed to to growers especially those interested in serving restaurants with fine dining or people interested in you know really uh really great vegetables and he was telling this to my wife that he couldn't find a buyer and uh, she mentioned it to me and we started thinking about it and one thing led to another and we talked to bill and Eventually, we um, um, bought the the business from him. And so we've been operating it since July of 2011. So... Oh, wow. Headed, uh, headed on to three years here.
0: Oh, <clears throat> well, how wonderful, then, that you came across him. I mean, that, that is, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. Uh-huh. yes. Um, well, I mean, the the one thing, though, that occurred to me, um, obviously, America has lots of seed companies and a great variety of, of seeds. Mm-hmm. So why would somebody want Italian seeds r- rather than the normal seed that you can get in the U.S.?
1: Oh, I think there's uh, several reasons. Um, let, let's start with uh, just uh, probably the primary one, which is flavor. Um, the, these, these are not, I mean, most of our seeds are heirloom uh, varieties, and they've been saved by um, Italian gardeners and farmers for, you know, generations. And the reason they saved them wasn't necessarily because they were really bizarre or, you know, something like that. They saved them because they cook with them. And secondly, that they, they produced well. So they were really interested in heirlooms that were very savory, uh, great to eat, but also you could count on them to to grow. And that, that has a lot to do with Italian cooking and Italian history. I mean, it, it was not a wealthy country for, for many, many, you know, for a long, long time. And, you know, the, the, where they call it the La Cucina Povera, the the poverty kitchen, where people had to subsist on, on you know, food that they, they could grow themselves, Th- those recipes and that food have become, you know, increasingly in demand because when you think about what the Italians had to do for several hundred years, you know, before refrigeration, I, everyone had before refrigeration, but, you know, they, they were... You know, you think about wine was preserving grapes, and olive oil was preserving the olive harvest, and all those great cheeses was pre- preserving were you know they were preserving the dairy products, and and um, all those um, uh, prosciuttos and uh, fine meats, those were preserving the meat. You know, the, all, right down the line, many of these these items were ways to preserve food into the winter and still have great tasting meals. And now you have fine restaurants that are actively seeking out all these ingredients to do exactly that because the flavor is so rich. So while it was considered a, a, a poverty regime or a poverty diet, it was also extremely flavorful. And, and you know, I guess the second reason is sort of the, the Mediterranean diet reason. And, and these these vegetables do figure prominently in, in all these ways of cooking that that uh, have health benefits. Um, the third reason is that they are productive. They're they're you know very good seeds. The the, the seed germination extremely high. The seed packets are very generous, and they do quite well um, here in the U.S.
0: Um, and I know that, um, obviously Italy, you know, has a, a great climate, but it does go from kind of the Mediterranean warmth up to snowy mountains. Yeah, so, it's yes, yes yeah. yeah, which I guess is, is kind of almost comparable to the, to the USA. Um, but do the varieties, uh, change from one area to another? And how is that reflected on where they would be best to grow in the American garden?
1: Well, a lot of it has to do with the timing of, uh, you know, of the year that you plant. I mean, tomatoes were not native at all to to Europe. You know, they were brought there from the Western Hemisphere, and now they're grown all the way up to Siberia. But you can't grow them in the middle of winter. You know, you grow them, you know, in those windows where where the conditions are right. And that's true of most of our seeds. I mean, some will, some that are perennials or whatever, so you really can't grow perennial artichokes everywhere in the U.S. But... uh, you know, all the all the beans, all the tomatoes, all those sorts of things can be grown and planted when you normally would in your zone. Um, I'm fortunate, you know, our business covers the entire United States. So everywhere from South Texas and Southern California and Florida, <clears throat> clear up to, you know, the Canadian border, all along the Canadian border, we always have um, sort of a seed demand going from some part of, of the country or other. I going to say, Franke is a northern Italian seed company, but they have tried to also carry some of those specialties from the South. And then I also purchase, um, you know, vastly smaller quantities of seed, but, but I do purchase from three other companies that are located in the South. So, so we can have cucumber, melon, so we can have uh, some of those, you know, uh, uh, specialties that you find only in, in Sicily or, or um, Napoli or, or Calabria or, or Bari, you know, those sorts of places. Oh. Um,
0: and, you know, I, I know that um, obviously in um, there's a lot of Italian cooking shows now that are on yeah. ne- uh-huh. ne- network TV. Uh-huh. Um, ha- has that sort of um, maybe influenced um, cooks wanting to source the, the ingredients that are more authentic to the, the region that uh, maybe the show on the TV is all about?
1: Oh, I'm sure it has. Um, uh, both Lydia Bastianich and uh, uh, Marianne Esposito, both of whom have cooking shows, uh, use our seeds extensively. Marianne is even; um, she's on PBS. I think it's the oldest. Oh yes, so yeah. She's even gone to visit our, um, our the warehouse in in Italy and met with met with uh, um, you know Mr. Franchi and, and the people there. And I think that's going to be featured in her show this this season. Oh um, wow! So we do sell. You know, to to them extensively, and and uh, you know, I think they do use those our vegetables on their cooking shows. Uh, it's funny how I will sometimes get, or uh, not sometimes, often I'll get uh, a request for some obscure pepper, which is you know <laughs> only available in you know one village in uh, you know um, Basil- Basilicata, and it's like. Well, it's just not in commercial. You know, it's just not available to be exported. You know, no one's packaging it. Um, you know, your best bet is to have your uncle put some in his pants pockets. I guess and come back, <laughs> back here, which is illegal, I might add. But but you know that that's how how those kinds of seeds get here. If it's it's a really obscure thing. Yeah. Um, having said that, I mean we have close to 500 different varieties of of, of vegetables. So.
0: And, and there's perhaps just a, a little uptick when somebody like uh, L- Lydia mentions a particular um, flavor or, or something from one of your seeds, right?
1: Oh, yeah. It's been, uh, <laughs> we've had a, a, an agretti year for the last two years where, where agretti has been a big thing. And, you know, I, I'm, you know one of the interesting things about um, uh, the Italians is they have, I think, maybe 40 different alternatives to kale and chard you think of how long it took for kale and chard to become eaten in this country and now you know i think people are starting to get tired of eating so much kale and chard well there's a whole (laughs) raft of other greens out there that the italians you know and they come all come on in different seasons and 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 there many of them are preserved or you know are 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 cooked in exactly the same way you know a little olive oil a little garlic a little you know uh, chili peppers You, you, you mix it in there and and you, you, you know, saute these greens, and then that that folds into a tomato sauce, or it's a side dish, or or you know something like that. But yeah. you know, each has their season,
0: yeah.
1: And and each gets folded in, and some of them are uh, in and escaroles, and some of them are chicories and radicchio, and yeah. some of them are you know the the growing ends on the.
0: Those cool, those cool weather ones—they do grow. So, so, oh, sure. well, yeah, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. Um, but you know, we have to go for our first commercial break. Sure. Um, but we'll be back talking more with Dan N- Nagengast about the Italian seeds that he sells on America's homegrown veggies, and we'll be back in just a moment.
1: Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office.
2: Quick Stakes, that's
3: Do your children know where their food comes from? At ConnectingFarmToFork.com, there's all kinds of ways to help your child understand how 300 million of us here in America stay nourished, clothed, and healthy. Activities, food facts, and farm visits help young people learn about America's hardworking farmers and have lots of fun doing it. Visit ConnectingFarmToFork.com today for a learning experience that'll really grow on you. ConnectingFarmToFork.com, brought to you by the people who care at Feedstuff's Food Link.
0: Welcome back to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. Remember, you can catch up with us on Facebook at America's Homegrown Veggies. And if you miss any shows, you can find them on americaswebradio.com webpages. You can find them on iTunes and now on Stitchers, too. And this morning, we are talking about the seeds from Italy, from Franchi Seeds, uh, with Dan Nagengast. And, Dan, we ended the last segment talking just a little about about um the great cooking vegetables particularly the variety of cool weather veggies um so let, let's go go into that a little bit more um obviously Italy i, I always figure has cool rather than cold winters um so what would be maybe some of the more unusual choices maybe for for people that you know rather than just maybe the kales and how soon can they start them
1: well. They could have started some last fall. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> okay, <laughs> me, missed the boat. Let <laughs> me say, say a couple of things. There are several things that will uh, do well over the winter with some, um, you know, covering. And, and a couple of those are uh, valeriana, or commonly called corn salad, or by the English, and mosh by the French. You see it very common in European uh, kitchens and supermarkets now, too. It's a, a cold-weather green that's, I think, one of the most flavorful uh, uh, greens there is. Um, We have uh, some chicories that, um, oh, there's a grimolo, a red grimolo type radicchio, I guess you'd call it, that um, if it was planted last summer, for example, you'd harvest a regular ball type head of uh, radicchio off that in the fall, but you'd harvest it above ground, leaving the growing crown there, and come early, early spring, you'd start getting these uh, rosettes of red radicchio, uh, a chicory, that um, are really just stunningly beautiful. They look like it looks like a little bunch of flowers growing on the ground. So that's that's a couple that that you know could have been planted um, that you would be eating now and and on in the future. Um, spinach spinach will also do over winter if uh, protected, um, but then there's a whole raft of in. Uh, indivi escaroles, endives escaroles that um, are are quite cold-hardy. Some of those are grown as cut-and-come-again, like you would grow a salad mix. Uh, Some are grown as individual heads. Um, One of our favorites that we're eating a lot of right now is called Cornetto di Bordeaux. It's an old French variety. And if you think about Italy and, you know, the Ligurian coast and and, uh, the Italian Riviera curves right on over and, you know, the french riviera area i mean you can see it across the the bay those are all really one region and many many french vegetables and italian vegetables go both ways there um cima di rapa means a turnip top and we have ooh, we've got Conantina which is a 40-day one sessantina a 60-day one we've got a 50-day one we've got a 90-day one uh uh, they each get progressively larger as a plant with more to eat, I think, as you do those. We have a broccolo spigariello, both a smooth leaf and a, a crinkly reef, leaf. It uh, looks very similar to um, broccolini or, that you'd see in a store. It is a sprouting broccoli. Chima de Rappas look very similar also, um, but one is a turnip top and one is a broccoli. So there, and, and if you can... Um, if your palate can discern, there is, a, a, I think, a big difference between what a turnip tastes like and what a broccoli t- tastes like, uh-huh. and, and those those are represented in, in both of those.
0: And you, do you le- use the, the leaves as well as the top of those? Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, sure. Wonderful. You the
1: whole, whole thing right in there. Uh-huh. Um, we have several kinds of uh, mustards and also non-sprouting turnips that are grown for the greens. Um, getting back to the chards... I mean, you, you know, most people know, you know, what what, what we call Swiss chard, but mm-hmm. we have, I think, five or six kinds of chard, including one from the deep south, uh, a, a barrese chard, um, which is um, probably a little more heat-tolerant than a lot of other chards. Now, one that I really like, my, my favorite chard, is called Verde Talio and it's um, a green chard chard. Um, Smallish plant, and but the stems are not flat like a regular chard. They're cur, they're round, rounded, um, and uh, the whole thing's green. And you and you eat the stems too, and it's an extremely sweet chard without without you know most of the beet flavor um, that you get. You know, some chards will actually kind of leave a funny taste in your mouth if you try to eat them raw. These things are the closest thing to a sweet spinach I've ever seen, and it's very easy to grow. The interesting thing about that particular chard is it um, was brought to the U.S. by Italians uh, 150 years ago, and in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, it's naturalized. So, mm-hmm. any place where you see, you know, disturbed soil, you know, along sidewalk cracks and places like that, you'll often see this chard uh, growing. And it's a, uh, you know, a long way from home, but there it is, and has been for many, many years.
0: And and you you're kind of down down in the um the the Kansas area, which obviously gets very hot summers. Um, do some of those cooler ones can they be planted in um maybe mid summer to harvest in the fall, uh, rather than plant in the um late late fall to harvest in spring?
1: Yes they can. Uh-huh. And you know, and and if you're um diligent about it you can you can keep them going most of the summer long long. I find that chard verditalio, uh, can if if plant in the spring continues long after the spinach is gone, into the summer, and then it it does very well in the fall too. All those charts do very well in the fall.
0: And and all these need the the full sun, right, rather than shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah none
1: of them are really shade <laughs> yeah. friendly.
0: Um, and I know you've got lots of different la- lettuce type varieties but you've also got dandelions um now most people try and get rid of dandelions um, so so what would be the difference may, maybe um between the dandelion that's out in the garden i mean can can you eat that or, or is there the varieties well, that, yeah, the edible are. varieties a little better than that
1: no they are you can eat those and uh, people do eat them i wouldn't if you're spraying your garden or anything like that i wouldn't do that or If you had pets around, I wouldn't do that. But you know, those are edible. But these are—they—they do look different. They're a little bit uh, bigger. Um, I I mean, they're a taller, more erect plant, and they tend not so much to a quick flower and and seed, but but more to um, uh, um, the 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 the, uh, leaves, which is what you eat. Um, a lot of people can, and we have the true dandy, Italian dandelion, but there's also a lot of chicories that look exactly like those, a lot of leaf chicories, and and, and then those start to branch out. There's red-stemmed leaf chicories, and, um, but we have numerous ones of those, too, uh, many leaf chicories, and, that, and those grow all throughout the Mediterranean, too. A lot of them are, have the a surname Catalonia in there somewhere, so they probably came from from Spain, those are all greens, and and they're um, fairly uh, cold tolerant, and those also can be sautéed. Um, some of them you eat the leaves. So some of them are the leaves are so bitter you just don't want to eat them. And but they you eat the stems. So there's several stem chicories, um, and uh, there are these devices that um, you'll see in, in Italian markets. They're like a little round or square. Wooden block with a round hole with um, stainless steel wire cross hatching those and they force the stem through and it just turns them into little matchsticks. Ooh. That's, they, they drop that right into cold water and those matchsticks curl real quickly, and then those will appear in salads. You'll see those in salads um, often. That's, that sounds um,
0: wonderful. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> so uh, there's all those. Um, the punterella is probably the most famous name, you know, for a chicory in this country, but we have, I think, probably six or eight different kinds of, of puntarella, so, and some come from companies. In- and,
0: and are they all basic green, or are some of them different colors? Uh, there's
1: uh, some with a red stem, um, yeah, but they're generally green, but they look markedly different. I mean, the, the you know, the, the stem stem chicories are also, I think, technically considered a puntarella, but they, they're very, very different from from the Punto de la which is the one that most people...
0: And, and they kind of they cut and come again, and they go all the way through the summer, or or is it kind of more of a head-type thing where you, you lop the whole thing off and eat it? I,
1: I generally try to grow them uh, both spring and fall and, and not try to run them through the summer. There's other things that you can eat through the summer.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know, we haven't touched on also, uh, thinking about the winter, um uh, several uh, green chicories and, and red chicories. And, and the, 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 you know, the difference between a chicory and a radicchio, it's pretty much nomenclature. Some of the green ones, I think the green ones generally are a milder flavor, and you'll also you'll find them raw in salads quite a bit. We've actually donated quite a bit of seed to the Organic um, Seed Alliance, which is um, trying to work with organic farmers to develop um, cultivars, uh, of seed up, up in the Pacific Northwest and they really love our seed uh, because you know, this is all you know heirloom open pollinated and, and mm-hmm. there's still quite a bit of variety left in them there as as, as uh, the seed breeder goes there admirably very vari- admirably variable meaning um, you know you don't get exactly the same head of you know exactly the same thing every time. And to an Italian that's great to uh, uh, an American farm that might not be so good you know if you if you want to sell everything you know just harvest everything at once and and sell it but these green chicories one's called castle franco and there's a one called Bergamo again and one called panda zucchero meaning sugar loaf and they're you will i don't know if you've ever had just a straight up chicory salad but they're wonderful in the winter they're wonderful and and uh, they make you not regret the loss of lettuce at all. <laughs> that period, they really are good, um, and these are really mild and sweet. And so, and we're eating a lot of those right now too. Then there's all the radic- radicchio. Some of which are spring radicchio. Some are which, you know, depending on how many how many days in you know growth days they have, they go from 85 to 120. So you can oh, wow. plant them all at the same time, but have them come on at different different stages. Oh, so I'm sorry my yeah. dog is barking
0: outside <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw, saw a lovely picture of your dog on the website. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Well, his voice is going to be heard all over the East Coast, I guess. So <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: the point, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, do, do, do actually, um, talking about dogs, I mean, do, do deer eat these things or are, are they susceptible to deer just the same as any other vegetable out there? Well, um,
1: you know, they're... They're maybe less so than some. I mean, the chicories and the endives the and escaroles are not particularly um, uh, susceptible to a lot of a lot of uh, insects or or diseases. Um, you know, there are things that are harder to grow than that. Um, I'm going to try to move away from that dog. Oh,
0: um, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, anything, actually, that the deer don't like or, or isn't on their favorite list is always a, a very popular item. But, you know, we need to go and take another quick commercial break here. Sure. Um, but uh, I want to remind everyone, you're listening to America's Homegrown Veggies, and we will be back with more about Italian seeds from Frankie and uh, with Dan Nagan, Um And when we come back, we're going to turn to the summer selection of tomatoes and things like that we will be right back
2: watchdog is a term given an organization like the united states justice foundation which since 1979 has been watching out and when necessary taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights usjf a nonprofit organization is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government as well as those involved in legal cases have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you.
4: This is Dr. Elena George with your health tip of the day. Did you know that dizziness may be a sign of heart disease, iron deficiency, high or low blood pressure, low blood sugar, or an inner ear infection? Dizziness can take the form of a spinning sensation, also known as vertigo, or a feeling of lightheadedness. The individual can also feel faint or have a rapid heartbeat. If you take high blood pressure medication, remember to take the medication daily as directed to control your blood pressure. Diabetics must remember to eat after taking their medication and to eat at regular intervals. If you have anemia, make sure to take a multivitamin that contains iron and to eat vegetables such as spinach. Dizziness after a cold or flu may be due to a virus. If you have dizziness, it is important to see your doctor for a complete physical examination. Please join me Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for Medicine on Call. This is Dr. Elena George.
3: Today's consumers find themselves faced with a greater variety of choices than ever before, both in the food they eat and the information they receive about that food. Feedstuffs Foodlink was created to provide you with a balanced source of information for making decisions about your family's balanced diet. Visit FeedstuffsFoodLink.com to learn about your food directly from the source, the people who work every day to provide it. FeedstuffsFoodLink.com. Connecting farm to fork.
0: Membership. Are you an IHC member? Access to the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's Breaking News industry trends, expert blogs, and networking with IHC's industry-wide member community. IHC membership puts you at the focal point of the dynamic health and benefit industry, allowing you to join the conversation and collaborate with industry stakeholders and your peers. Your IHC membership includes a subscription to Healthcare Consumerism Solutions Magazine, Healthcare Exchange Solutions Magazine, Annual Publications Healthcare Solutions Superstars, and Healthcare Solutions Outlook a free white paper, and much more. Sign up as a free IHC member or $99 premium IHC member today at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. This is
4: America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the best
0: in chat radio designed just for you. You're back listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show. I am the host of the show, Kate Copsey, and this morning we are talking Euro seeds, or Italian seeds anyway, uh, from the the Frankie uh, seeds, and we're talking with um, Dan Nagengast from Grow Italian down there in good old Kansas, where he grows all all these wonderful seeds. Um, So Dan, we talked a lot about the cool weather ones that most of us can probably start fairly soon and those in the south can already start so let's talk about the the boys of summer um the beans and tomatoes and the peppers that we all like to grow i always associate italian cooking with tomatoes so let's start with those for the ones that are good for maybe some good sauces uh, mm-hmm. that they make
1: italian Women, I'd say men too, have been cooking with uh, these sauce tomatoes ever since the tomato, you know, made its way to, back to Europe. Um, and they, I think, they've really branched away from a lot of what the U.S. tomatoes are doing. The so- sauce tomatoes, and the most famous one, is uh, one called San Marzano. And if you go to any supermarket, you'll even see canned San Marzano tomatoes from Italy. Um, and you'll see lots of sauces using San Marzano. And we have the true San Marzano. There's several cultivars, but ours is, um, I think, the one that people most typically grow. Franci itself um, has been saving a selection of a, of a San Marzano that's much, much larger. It's called the San Marzano redorta, and redorta is a name of a mountain in the Alps and it's a mm, five to six inch long paste tomato it's very big so if you do a lot of paste tomatoes and you want to um you know and you and you're peeling them it's uh it's a big time saver i have one called scatalone which uh um really it's uh, purchased by the the people on the other end of the telephone line are generally older italian women Mm -hmm. so i think that's a that's a good sign. <laughs> Actually, you know, and, and they want these tomatoes, and they're trying to get them. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's larger than, uh, say, a Roma tomato or a, a normal U.S.-sized paste tomato. Uh, it's got a little more of a pointed end, but it's not as big as a San Marzano. We have, uh, I think, one hybrid. It's called Scipio, which is maybe more disease-resistant than some others. We have uh, one called Rio Grande, which is clearly not, uh, you know, U.S. or not a, an Italian. Um, I've got uh, the Roma, the straight-up Roma, which comes from the region of Rome. It's a much smaller paste tomato. Uh, and then we have a whole raft of very – the tomatoes that get used by as paste tomatoes, but they also get used to dry. Um, one is called, um, it's called the Principe Borghese. And that's from the south. It's it's often pulled up an uh, entire plant at the end of the fall and just hung on the uh, south-facing wall. And those are dried that way. And then they eat those. They'll they'll roast them over the summer or over the winter and eat those. Um, and those are really the paste tomatoes are probably our most our our most um, popular tomatoes. One called the red pear, and it's unlike a U.S. red pear, which is a small little red light bulb type mm-hmm. thing. This is a very large tomato. Um, and it is pear-shaped um, and kind of flattened. So it's it's not. If you looked at it from the bottom, you see a line instead of a, 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 a you know a central point. It's got it's a it's a larger, flatter, but pear-shaped. You know, if you turn it the right the, on the flat, you know, looking towards the flatter side, it's pear-shaped. And then it's got um, uh, indented you know sort of ridges or ruffles. At the top or ribs, I guess, at the top. It's a wonderful tomato. And it, it serves as both a paste tomato but also a slicer. Uh, everyone who sees these just go crazy
0: over yeah. them. And, and putting, putting fresh tomatoes into salads, I think, is... Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's turn now to um, some... Some of the green beans. Um, I mean, green beans have, have a tendency to go uh, run run the gamut from purple beans to little pencil thin thin ones to mm-hmm. speckled <laughs> ones and things like that. Um, and I know you've got a variety of all of all those. These are all pole beans, right? They're runner beans or pole beans.
1: Uh, they're not all pole beans, but but the Italians are not afraid of trellising. Um, uh, in this country, most people have gotten away from trellising. They'll grow. Bush beans, and I think they've done themselves a big disservice. Um, you know, bush beans—they all come on at the same time. You'll have one flush, maybe one and a half flushes, and then you have to, might as well just pull them out and plant something else there. A, a good trellis, a good trellis bean will provide you meals all summer long. You know, uh, and, and from ten seeds, you know, you, you, they just grow up and they keep bearing. And the more you you pull from them, the more they bear. That's true also of the shelled. You Harvest from them, the more they bear, and they grow, they'll grow all summer long. And so, they can be, in, in many ways, space saver in the garden if you're not afraid of trellising. The other thing that the Italians uh, are markedly different about there, they like um, anilino beans, and anilino means little ring in Italian. And these are not, uh, curved beans, or you know, they grow around in a curve. And of course, in the U.S., um, and I've been a market farmer for a long time. if you If your bean isn't perfectly straight, you might as well not take it to market <laughs> because people will not buy it. There's something wrong really? with a curved bean. Yeah, they want a straight bean. and the, you wouldn't believe the flavor we're missing by not by not um, eating anilino beans. So we have I think three or four different kinds of anilino beans. Uh, back to those borlato beans, we have both bush, you know borlato. Are sometimes called cranberry beans. Um, you've heard of tongue of fire, probably. We have both bush and pole types, and, and we have several different kinds of those. And some of those are eaten as fresh shell beans. Others are um, dried, and, and you know, you eat them like a cannellini bean later on in the year. You know they, they'll preserve. over and Here's another example of that uh, Cucina povera, where you you dry those beans, and and they provide you you know with protein. All year round. We have uh, some Spanish beans, these giant, uh, they're not limas, but they're great big, big uh, shell beans. You'll sometimes see them in salads uh, or you'll see them in a cassoulet or something like that, you know, where the, there's these great big old beans floating around. That's what those are. Uh-huh. We we have a, a, an Italian version of the black eyed tea, which is very uh, good, and those can be eaten green too. Then, of course, we have fava beans. Which you rarely see in this country. You'll sometimes see broad beans, but you won't see true Mediterranean fava beans. And we've got uh, four kinds of fava beans. We have lupini beans, edible lupin. A lupin is a flower. Mm-hmm. The Italians um, actually, and don't not every lupin, but they have a certain variety of lupin where they can eat the the bean from that. And then we have a lot of the what what are sometimes called Roma beans, flat beans. In this country, we have both pole. And flat uh, pole and bush types on those too, and some of the pole beans. Uh, you know, Super Marconi is a, a green pole bean. They get can get eight, nine, ten inches long. They're still quite tender and quite flavorful. And how and guess, how,
0: how many days does it take on average um, for those to start producing um, the the beans? I mean, can they can they maybe do for short um, summers, which some of the northern states have, um, or do they need a really long um, maturation date?
1: No, they, they, I mean, they, they will, they set continuously through the summer. So they'll set about, you know, about the same time any other bean will set. So once they've grown up to about two and a half feet and they're twining up your trellis, you'll start to get, if the temperature's not too hot, you'll start to get those beans. And then those will set all summer long and you just keep harvesting those. And so uh, unlike that one big flush that you get from, uh, you know, putting out um, bush beans, you'll you'll, I, you know, you just keep harvesting these, and they just. And and of course, if the winter comes, and that'll freeze them, that'll be the end of that. But, um, you know, we don't have we have.
0: So, so you get used to preserving them as well. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. And uh, shell beans are easy to preserve.
0: And and so with the shell beans, do you you then cook them before you use them. Is that right?
1: Well, you know, there's a fresh shell and a and a dried bean.
0: Okay. And a
1: fresh shelled bean. I mean, you can eat them, but uh, you know, the, um, almost any any bean, you'll get more nutritious nutrition out of them if you cook them. Uh, a dried bean, um, often you'll soak them the night before, uh, or or boil them for an hour, and uh, let them soak then for a couple hours, and then and then you cook with them. You know, and that that just sort of um, starts infusing the moisture back into them.
0: And I, I think keeping the stock from them sometimes is is um, because they do make a good stock, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then you can use that in uh, the different recipes as mm-hmm. well to give that little bit of of flavor, um, particularly ve- vegetarian uh, chilies, for instance um, mm-hmm. you can you can use that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the, these are all different colored beans when they come out, right? That's a purple, yeah, red, yeah, purple green, red, purple red, white.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and we also have your you know your your you know the equivalent of your French beans and even your you know American style you know green beans too. But let's not forget to talk about onions either. There's the Boratana onions and there's the Torpio Rosatonda, which is the most famous um, onion from the south. And we have the the the, the Rosalunga, uh, which is a like a torpedo style onion, very very different onions uh very very different i think peppers the italians don't eat a lot of hot peppers really hot peppers but they do have a lot with bite and they're again what really interests them our flavor and so the calabrese and the cayenne and the peperoncinos um and uh, a lot of the bullhorn peppers the frying peppers thin skin frying peppers the big bell peppers really big, i mean really big bell peppers all come from the north from the Osti region and uh, Piedmont and uh, Lombardy, and then the other thing that that I think that the, that is markedly different from the U.S. are zoo, their zucchinis. And the Italian in the U.S. most zucchinis are bush are bush style zucchini, a little uh-huh. ball out there, you know, a bush type thing. And the Italian zucchinis tend to have two or three leads, meaning they sprawl, not like a pumpkin would sprawl, but they tend to. Turn into what what the equivalent it would be of one bush. They'll it'll be two or three because they're l- leading out a little farther away, and for that reason, they tend to be a little more prolific. The Italians and and you if you look at our catalog or look at our website, see um, pictures of these zucchinis. And on the on on the actual packet, you'll see some with flowers and some without flowers. An, an American style zucchini will have a pointed end or a rounded end, and uh, many of the Italians style zucchinis will have what I would call almost a little crown-shaped end with a big flower attached to it. And that's because the Italians eat the flowers. They eat all the squash flowers, not just not just zucchini flowers, but they'll eat them off their winter squash and their <laughs> so, so,
0: so, you don't you don't get to give them to your na- neighbors quite so prolifically as uh, some people no. <laughs> So,
1: yeah. a lot of the zucchinis are ridged, you know, and uh-huh. the, you, you rarely see a ridged z- zucchini in this country. They, we also have um, several uh, zuccas or zucchettas, which are in, in some cases the zucchettas are a gourd like the gugutza, which is a Sicilian. Gourd that just is the most prolific thing. It'll grow 40, 50 feet up into a tree.
0: Oh my goodness. And you'll,
1: you'll have six foot long <laughs> gourds hanging up there. <laughs> So you, you have good relationships with your neighbor. But, oh, you th- but it's a gourd, and so the cucumber beetles and some of the squash borers don't don't mess with it. They just oh, don't know what it is. Wow. And you eat them just like you would a zucchini, except they're way more prolific.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, well, wow. I, I can just imagine that. Yeah, but, but, you, you know, we need, we need to take our final commercial okay, break here. Sure. Uh, yeah, but we'll come back and listen to more about how to find these Frankie seeds in America, and we will be right back.
1: Hi, I'm Paisley McDonald, and I'd like to invite you to listen to my show, At Home with Paisley, every
0: week, Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, for practical advice and stylish living for your home and office.
2: Quick stakes.
3: Today's consumers find themselves faced with a greater variety of choices than ever before, both in the food they eat and the information they receive about that food. Feedstuffs Food Link was created to provide you with a balanced source of information for making decisions about your family's balanced diet. Visit FeedstuffsFoodLink.com to learn about your food directly from the source, the people who work every day to provide it. FeedstuffsFoodLink.com, connecting farm to fork.
2: Quick steaks, that's
4: This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed
0: just for you. I hope you're enjoying America's homegrown veggie show this morning. Um, we have been ta- talking about seeds of Italy, um, particularly the, the Frankie seeds, which Dan Nagengast uh, sells through his site. It's Seeds of Italy. Yeah. Is that no, right? Gr-
1: GrowItalian.com. Yes, okay. <laughs> dot
0: com. yes, yeah. yes. Uh, GrowItalian. Um, and so when people go to the... Website. Um, what do they? What do they see? Can they order directly from the website sure. all yeah, these it, wonderful
1: it, varieties? Yeah, it's a full blown website, and they can just look at the seeds, or if they want to, uh, at, at each a variety, it, just to uh, add this to my cart. And you just build a cart cart that way, and uh, you know eventually you have an order, and there's a checkout, and they can use either PayPal or or a credit card to check out. Um, there's also a downloadable order form if they prefer to to fill that out and and send a check they can do that there's also a place there to uh... request the catalog and i can send a request a catalog to them um, and that would have a, an order form in it also if they prefer to to do that by check or they can call me and and um, that's another possibility and the, the phone numbers right there too and uh, people want to make it more mysterious than it is, I guess. You know? But, <laughs> but, the, but the, you know, tomatoes are grown yeah. like tomatoes, and beans are grown like beans. And you know, those, <laughs> but, but there are
0: things. basic descriptions on there, and when to plant them. Um, particularly the cooler vegetable um, ones, ones that are on there, it gives basic di- um, instructions on the on the, the seed packet, right?
1: Well, they're pretty. Uh, they're they're in many different languages. Because they sell throughout the European Union, so they're pretty. I think I think they're pretty uh, rudimentary. We do have on, on our website, um, on our homepage, there's a, something called uh, Growing Italian, and you click on that, and there's all kinds of growing guides. So there's growing guides for everyone. You know how to grow chicories, how to grow uh, radicchio, uh, all those, mm-hmm. how to grow garlic, all those sorts of things. But there's also uh, you can click on it, and there's how to start seeds, and there's also uh, how to <laughs> how to read a Frankie, uh label because it's you know if you've never bought i mean you know they're, they're grown primarily for the european market and so if you're not familiar with how europeans um, view seeds uh you know it can be a little bit of a challenge so, so it may,
0: maybe doesn't doesn't mention the usda's own information on there which a lot of catalogs or, or well, here
1: there is but it's not the USDA zones. there's a there's actually a map and it shows northern Europe it shows southern Europe and it shows the Mediterranean Oh, what fun. and so um, if you can figure out what your climate is like and where it fits you know that's that's how you would do that okay. but like I said it's you know you're gonna plant a tomato when you'd plant a tomato um, uh-huh. anyway you're gonna plant a bean you're gonna plant a cucumber you're gonna gr- grow them as you would. Uh, in the US and it's you know it's not markedly different you're just, you're just going to have something different and i think better yeah. at the end, the end of the end of the day the company's called seeds from italy the uh, the the website is growitalian.com don't go to seeds of italy seeds of italy is my my counterpart in the in great britain
0: Okay, so so for the the European listeners, they, they would go to the seeds of Italy. For the American ones, they'd go to grow Italian.
1: Yeah, GrowItalian.com. Okay, com.
0: Uh-huh. okay. Um, I I think one of the the most fun parts of the the website, actually, apart from the the images which are great, in the about us, um, is the um the cooking, uh, uh-huh. part. Um, how do maybe um the different the t- different Italian cooks um that you you kind of you compare, compare them to the average American about them thinking differently. Um,
1: is that true? Well, I think I think um you know it's it's rare that. Uh, um, people throw food out, you know. They, they figure out, well, how can this be folded into uh, the next meal? I, I was reading a recently re- recently a, a book about Italian food. Now I can't remember the name of it, but one of the really remarkable statistics in there was that 57% of all the food eaten in Italy has never been packaged. Oh. Um, now it may be preserved in some way, you know, but, but it's basically people are, you know, um, Either preserving food or buying buying uh, fresh food and cooking directly. They're not buying um, uh, pre prepackaged, pre-made. I think you can find the gamut from really really simple, easy things to incredibly difficult. You know, several day type of dishes. Uh, most people can't cook like that uh, except for special occasions. And then the Italians do have they do have occasion meals. You know, meals for certain. You know, there's there's uh, feast days all the time and and there are you know specific things for each one of those and, and those are a big part of uh, Italian cooks uh, repertoire. Do,
0: do, do you have recipes as well on there?
1: There are some but you know we also have a Facebook page and okay. recipes tend to go in there. We also do an electronic newsletter and you can sign up for either of those at, on our homepage at the, the website. Um, the electronic newsletter comes out Um, once a month and that would have any sales or specials that we have on or new products that have gotten in but we also do contests last summer it was uh, pictures of your awesome garden and then we you know chose pictures and we gave them you know nice prizes and the year before that it was uh gagutsa, you know uh, guguza photos so it's you know just trying to kind of build uh interest and Oh yeah, Let, give people a place to show pictures of their gardens and, and you know what they've grown and what, all a, what a
0: fun thing. Did did anybody grow, grow that incredibly long gourd?
1: Oh yes, of course. <laughs> no, that was a contest two summers ago, and there were a lot of great pictures.
0: Oh, uh, you know, there were uh, yeah. a
1: lot of funny things. So. <laughs>
0: yeah. And uh-huh. and you're you're able to sell to the uh, the whole of the American market in, from California to New York. How about uh, Canadian market? Are you able to go up there? There is now a
1: Canadian um, dealer up there. Uh, his oh. name's Daniel Balfour. If you get into, I don't have his. I should have thought about this. If someone emails me, um, I can send them uh, a link to him. Okay. Um,
0: and and do do you do talk talks around around the area um, or the or the farm farm market where where people can hear hear you and may- maybe get some of these seeds?
1: Well, you know, when you're covering the whole U.S. and you're, um, as I, I say, I'm I'm the owner, CEO, and and uh, janitor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, I don't have a lot of time, you know, to to, to travel and, and, you know, I... I uh,
0: but you do travel to Italy to see the, the yeah, sources of Italy. these. Huh? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. How, how often do you get to go over there?
1: Oh, it, you know, once a year is, is uh, the, the... That's starting. such we a always hardship. We go, go to, uh, to, to uh, Bergamo. And, and, and the staff, I, I really admire this company. They are just... Um, you know you walk into the the warehouse and and the, everybody is having a good time and enjoying themselves. It's a really beautiful uh, you know brand new facility and and, and uh, you know clearly people are treated really well you know they really like being there and they, and they like working there and I find them very honorable and uh-huh. you know you go to look at their labs and look at all their their you know germ tests they germ test, germinate uh-huh. germination tests on every every lot that comes in and then they grow them out to make sure that they grow true to form so there's a uh, test garden there also
0: and you, do you get the, the to go and visit the farms where they're actually
1: pre- we've, we've visited some but you have to go at the right time of year to, uh-huh. to do that and and g- generally we're you know we're doing it at the wrong time of year <laughs> you know we we generally getting over there in october or someplace I uh-huh. guess,
0: I, oh, that, like and that. i would imagine they feed you well over there too which yes. is yes. Yes, yes such a wonderful place yes. to go
1: <laughs> yeah and then uh, you know uh, I, I don't think Bergamo is particularly known as a but my god, everything we've ever eaten there has been wonderful and you know, great restaurants. It's a it's a little college town. So they have all that kind of energy and plus it's an old historic town too.
0: Oh, nice! Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you actually get to go o- over there and, and visit all these wonderful places. I, mm-hmm. I mean, what a what a wonderful um, education to be able to do that. Mm-hmm.
1: And plus, we, you know, I, you know, Coles to Newcastle, we go to all the farmers' markets are there too. You know, and just look around because it's just you know amazing and. You know, uh, the the Torino farmer's market is one of the biggest and best in, in Europe. It's just mind-boggling, the, the stuff that's there. You know, it's interesting. You go and you see uh, tables just laden three to four foot high with eggs, fresh eggs. Oh. In, in Europe, eh, you know, and they're not – people aren't dropping like flies, and, <laughs> you know, uh, a bad egg. <laughs> it just, it's just interesting how, how – uh, you know how how perceptions of of food safety and, and yeah. those of things are different.
0: Yeah, um, and and do do you sell, sell some of the um the the varieties on the farm market as well?
1: You, you mean here? Yes. No, we don't. We I I actually had uh, uh, a farming related injury that sort of ended my and which is also one of the impetus for buying this company was I couldn't farm anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> a hip replacement. I'm fine now, but. <laughs> I had 3 years where I could not do anything. Oh, but, that's
0: a sh- that's a shame. But but you yeah. grow you grow them in your own garden. Oh yeah, yeah. We, still, yeah, we have
1: a big big garden and we have two high tunnels and a greenhouse. So we still we do more than you know common sense would tell us to do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> a true gardener. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so so i- guess what you talk when you go go over there and you see all these things um are are you bringing in new stuff all the time putting um adding on to the inventory um as we, as you go along
1: well we, we yeah um not uh, you know not greatly just because almost everything we have is going to be new and unusual to most people uh-huh. um, but I do you know take requests and those sorts of things, and I do make requests to to frankie also and they They'll add two or three things, and then then we buy from these other companies. But, uh, you know, U.S. seeds, if you ever look at the back of a package of U.S. seeds, it'll say packed for 2014. Yeah. Well, it may be coming from this exact same lot, this exact same bag of seed that was used for 2013. So they'll do a germination test, you know, and then they'll repackage for 2014. But at the end of 2014, they throw all that seed out, and repackage for 2015. The, uh, you'll you'll see when you get a buy a, a European seed, the packaging is it's much much better. It's it's a it's a a plasticized or a, you know kind of a a, a a waterproof exterior. In many cases, there's double packaging, and the 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 seed is guaranteed often two years, and in some cases, three years. Oh, wow. So you don't have this big lot of seed where you throw everything out and you get in the 2014 <laughs> yeah, yeah. seed. We just buy it year-round. And, oh, and you yeah. know, so they're, they're, they'll be packing in June or July, and, it, and then the... the the guaranteed germination rate will be out there two years or three years, so, so June or July of 2016 or 2000.
0: Well, that's wonderful. Um, but, you know, we're, we're kind of at the, the end of the show, Dan, mm-hmm. um, but I, I want to thank you, particularly on, on this snowy afternoon. It's great to be talking about the Italian veg, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, the site is growitalian.com. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, um, and... I think it's exciting um, to, to get some of those new varieties out here. Um, but we're right at the end of the show. I want to thank everyone for listening to America's Homegrown Veggie Show this morning. Thank you, Dan. You've been a great guest. Um, thank you, Keith. We will be back next week with another show talking all about growing veggies. Have a good gardening week, everyone. And join me back here next Saturday.